Welcome to another episode of Connect and Move Radio. I'm your host, Andy Fortuna, with co-host Tim Langer. Morning, morning. Today's episode, we'll be talking about the best ways to grow your brand and business in the digital age. Today's guest is Sean Garner. Sean is the creator of multiple success digital products, including online training programs, DVDs, streaming workouts, and has reached hundreds of thousands of people with his videos, podcasts, and online platform. Men's Health Magazine has named him one of the top trainers in the world. Sean is the founder of Entrefit Coaching, where he mentors coaches and develops fitness professionals looking to add streams of revenue in the digital fitness space, avoid trainer burnout, and create a life of freedom. Sean, welcome to the show, bud. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for having me. That's a, that's a lot of Sean, so I appreciate <laughs> all of that. Um, I, I'm excited to dive into this stuff with you guys, connect, and uh, yeah, let's do this. So, Sean, I mean, just for the audience as well, I mean, we know a little bit about you. Um, how do you get to where you're at today? Yeah, oh, there's a long story and I'll try and make it as short as possible. So I've been in the fitness industry now for, for over about 10 years and actually started out because I was not an athlete at all. I uh, was skinny, dorky little video game skateboarder kid growing up in high school and everything. And then once I got into my careers, hated being a restaurant manager was what I was doing, wanted to be a firefighter. So obviously you got to get very physically fit for that. So got, that was my first experience with actually any type of weight training or fitness or anything. And I started doing CrossFit and fell in love with that, really enjoyed doing all of that and ended up opening up my own CrossFit gym in Owasso, Oklahoma which most people listening to this have probably never even heard of, <laughs> but uh, ended up uh, growing the gym and it being very successful and, and leaving the uh, fire service because the gym was doing so well and uh, really just fell in love with the passion for fitness and more so for me, the, the business side of fitness. I really liked that. And so we ended up opening up a second CrossFit facility and, and both of those did very well. Then we had our first daughter, Hadley, and realized I was just spending way too much time in the gym and was looking for different ways to you know, do fitness or transition out. So we ended up selling off the CrossFit gyms that we owned and thinking that I was done with fitness, looked into a couple of other business opportunities, opening up some restaurants and uh, some other different services and stuff. But every time I've tried to or thought about leaving fitness, I just kept getting pulled in. So I, uh, there was a, a strength coach that was kind of a mentor of mine. His name was Mike Boyle um, out up in Boston. And he had this franchise called or licensed gym called MBSC Thrive. It's like a functional movement, sports performance type of a uh, training system. Ended up, uh, long story short, opening up a third facility in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And we uh, did that for a couple of years, enjoyed that. And, uh, but that gym honestly never really took off. The CrossFit gyms were, were very successful. And uh, there was at one point where we were the largest CrossFit gym in Oklahoma and it did very, very mm -hmm. well. Um, the sports performance, functional medicine, like that wasn't as, I guess, sexy for some people. So it never really took off, made a lot of bad business mistakes as far as location, partnerships and things like that. And that gym ended up actually closing down. And we closed that down whenever we moved here to Miami. I moved to uh, Miami, uh, taking a job with a facility there called uh, Anatomy and just went back to being a personal trainer. Like didn't want to own a gym, thought I was done with all of this and just wanted to honestly just go and uh, just be a trainer again. 
and uh, ended up doing that and, uh, you know, fall in love with that. Anatomy is an incredible facility in Miami. It's very, very popular there. Um, it's been the best gym in Miami, I think, for like the past three years. Um, ended up working my way up through there, growing there, and uh, moving up to general manager. We, whenever they opened up their uh, latest facility in Midtown Miami, I was general manager for them for about a year. And, and uh, then, uh, long story short, throughout this whole process, we had our second daughter when we opened up the sports performance gym. Then about a year and a half, about a year ago, um, found out my wife was pregnant with our third child, which was our son Corbin, and. Uh, she said, you know, you, you can't keep working like you are at the gym. We're missing out on too much time with the family. And so uh, had to make a, a decision. You know, I've been growing this consulting and coaching company, Entrefit, on the side, just doing it as a side project, you know, where I was helping gym owners, personal trainers, fitness professionals grow their digital business and brand. And I just decided to uh, go all in with that. And uh, whenever we did that, more opportunities came up to where I also uh, work for a fitness app called playbook and I'm, I'm the head of their creator development division for that. So I do the exact same thing, the business coaching and consultants for these fitness professionals and influencers that have, you know, these massive followings and they're growing these big subscription businesses on the app. And uh, yeah, it's just been a journey the whole way. I've been very blessed and fortunate to have some really cool people come alongside me and mentor me and coach me and help me out. And so now I want to do the exact same thing to return the favor. Like throughout this whole process, I've been connected and, and work with, Men's Health Magazine as a fitness advisor and writer for them. So I'm doing, you know, weekly videos for them, monthly video or content in, in the magazine on the website, you know, had the opportunity to work in pro hockey as a strength coach for a little bit for the Winnipeg Jets Association, like done some really cool stuff. And I want to help other fitness professionals, you know, be able to reach whatever their goals or dreams are, because I've seen so many people, man, they come in this industry and it just eats them up and they just get burned out and they miss out on time with the family. They're not able to charge and earn the type of income that they want. And uh, they just feel lost and they just honestly need a little guidance. And so that's kind of what my heart and passion is now is to, to find the people that are in it. They're actually doing the craft of fitness. They're passionate about it, but they need some help and guidance along the way to really go to where they want to go with it. Yeah, I think you, you kind of mentioned it there. My, my first question was going to be, what's one of the biggest reasons somebody wants to go into the digital space? Um, well, the quick, easy answer right now is probably because your gym's closed down. <laughs> true, <laughs> so, true. <laughs> so right now, that's, I mean, that, that's the easy, low-hanging fruit answer. I've always, you know, been, like I said uh, when I was talking about myself, like I've always been a tech guy. Like I've always loved video games, computers, all that kind of stuff, uh, like video content creation. And so mm -hmm. I've always been like more forefront and forward thinking with using, you know, technology and how the fitness industry would continue to progress and evolve. Um, I mean, honestly, there's there's a lot of pros to it and, and not too many cons. Uh, I think there's a lot of ways that people do it wrong, but it keep, why, why I would want to go online and why I did go online is because for one, especially if you are struggling to earn the kind of income you want, you're able to leverage your time better and your income better because so often people are stuck and confined to a local market and price point that maybe doesn't, um, uh, feel, see the value that they really are able to bring, you know, especially where I was at. I, I'm, I was, I'm from a small town in, in Oklahoma, man. Like whenever I was in Miami, I could charge $150 a session. And when I was in Oklahoma, I struggled to get people to pay, you know, $130 a month for unlimited mm -hmm. training and classes and stuff. So whenever you are have an online business is you're not confined to a local price point or market anymore. Now you're confined, you are open up to an international market. 
So your price point is you're able to actually charge what you want. Um, the other thing that's huge about it is you're not just trading your your time for money anymore, right? So people aren't just buying sessions from you to where, you know, well, no, I bought a one hour session. So I want you to be with me for one hour. Like if I, if I was training you and I could get you incredible results in 20 minutes, um, would you really care if I use the full session or not? Like that's what mm -hmm. happens in the mindset, uh, especially from the consumers and from the trainers is they see their value based upon the amount of hours or time they give the client, not necessarily the result. And whenever mm -hmm. you switch to more of an online model, you're not necessarily selling your time anymore. You're selling results and you're selling a, uh, uh, service. And so it's, it's not just, uh, your time anymore. So you're able to, again, see more clients, leverage all of that. And the biggest thing for me is it's easier to connect with and serve who you want your dream client to be, right? Like whenever you are in your, your local PT business, you know, you're, you're doing sessions mm -hmm. and stuff in person. You're kind of at the mercy to whoever has a membership at that facility, whoever's looking for personal training, like you got a square mile radius that you're, you're confined to. Like when you go online, you can work with exactly who you want to work with because the internet's a huge place and it's easy to find those people whenever you know who you want to serve. So for me with my fitness stuff, I wanted to work with people just like me. I wanted to work with busy dads. And so I was able to grow that brand and connect and serve the clients that I really enjoyed working with because it's awesome and you can work all day um, without getting tired and burned out when you're serving and working with the clients that one that you truly are passionate about serving and helping and and two that you just get good results with it because i mean it's fun to go to work and be a winner yeah i mean absolutely I, mean, I think a big one for a lot of people um which i think was probably the same for you was the time right leveraging your time um whether depending on the different types of products that you have but um you were able to spend more time with your family, but still have an income and still have a purpose and impact the people that you were um, basically trying to work with. And I think with that being said, how do you figure out who wants to work with you online? Yeah, so it's good question, but I would say ask it a little differently. So instead of finding out who wants to work with you, flip it, Got who it. do you want to work with? Um, because in the fitness industry, I very much have the belief system that this is the service-based industry. So we're there to serve people. So you want to find out who do you want to serve? And this mm -hmm. is one thing that I honestly do see fitness professionals. If they are struggling to stand out online, it's because they haven't grasped fully this concept yet of mm -hmm. finding out who they want to serve and who their dream client is because they're afraid to niche down and pick a specific demographic or something like that. Because like, no, I want to help everybody. Like I'm a really good trainer. Mm -hmm. I, I've helped this person. I've helped this person. That's great. And that's awesome because you need that skill set to be good at this craft of fitness, but that does not help you with your marketing efforts just because you have those skills and abilities, which I think that you should always be working on your craft of fitness to serve and help a lot of different people. Doesn't mean that that's going to make you stand out online. Because when you're trying to appeal to everybody, you're going to end up appealing to nobody because especially in the online space, the pro is that it's really big, but the, also the con is it's really big. So it's mm -hmm. really good that it's big because it gives you a huge pool of clients to pull from, but it also makes it really, really easy for you to get to lost in, in the noise. If you are just a general fitness person, right? Like if you think about some of the big names that are out there in the fitness industry, these fitness influencers, they're known for a thing. Um, or if, if not now, maybe it may appear as if they're typed a little bit more broad, they didn't originally start out like that. They were known for a thing. And then as their influence and impact started growing, then they were able to serve a wider demographic. When you're first starting out, you got to determine exactly who you want to serve. And there's always two questions that I tell my clients or fitness professionals to kind of think about, to kind of start them down the path. 
is whenever you're thinking about who you want to serve online and who, and who you want to really attract, what or who is the client that you love training? So think about like your favorite client right now. Like, man, if I train, you know, Jim, Bob, Ashley, Susan, whatever the name is, like if I train them all day, like I would love going to work and I would be energized and, and it would be the best day ever if I had, you know, 10, 12 sessions of that person. And then the second thing to think about is um, what client or what type of client do I get incredible results with? Like who's the type of client like, man, like I know if I get this client or if I got somebody that's been suffering with like, you know, low back pain or I've got somebody that, you know, is a busy dad and they've been struggling to lose their first 10 pounds or, you know, I've, I've had this college athlete, former athlete that wants to get like more sports performance training again. Like who's the type of client that you just crush it for and get incredible results for? Because the other thing is it's really fun to go to work whenever you're a winner and you get really good, easy results with people. So mm -hmm. those are the two kind of starting points I have people start going down and then you can kind of start refining that. Um, as you go, because when you first start out, you're going to be wrong with this. You're not going to know exactly, um, who your perfect target market person is. And, um, yeah, you're just going to adapt and tweak and change your message, but you have to at least start in a direction. Um, if you want to stand out online. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. And after you define this, what would be as, as a starting professional in the online world, what would be the next steps to, to think about? To, to make your online presence known or, or refined. So what, just so I understand, what would be after you determine your client or to help you yes. determine your client? Yes, so you, you have now de defined your client, you have defined your niche. So what would be next to, to translate that into the online business? Yeah, that's a great question. So whenever, whenever you're going online, there's not really, there's a, Uh, a difference, but not really to your in person. So you got to remember what you're doing is the exact same, but how you're doing it is what's different and changed. So after you determine who you want to go after, well, now you have to attract them, right? Like it's hey, you can, it's not just thinking about that person. You've got to do things that attract that person. So then that comes down to your content. Because content can be anything from, you know, social media posts, uh, a podcast like this. It could be, you know, blog posts. It could be email newsletters. It could be opt-ins, like free guides and stuff like that. And everything that you do online, once you determine who um, your target client is, that drives everything. So the content that you put out there, um, the opt-ins that you do, the programs you create are driven by your target client. So anytime that you want to do something, every time you go to create a social media post, you create a new fitness product, you create a new program, anything like that, don't think about what best serves you and what you like. Think about the dream client that you want to work with. So anytime you go to put out a social media post to start attracting this person, you need to ask yourself, okay, does this serve them or does this add value to them? Because if it doesn't, you're just wasting your time with posting the post. And that's not going to do anything but maybe get you a few likes um, but not really attract a dream client, which turns into a customer. So once you find out, found out exactly who you want to work with, you got to attract them and bring it into your world. And you do that with your content. So, you know, making sure that whenever you're posting things, not only does it serve and add value to them, but it speaks their language. So to give you an example, right? Like think about if you wanted to uh, market to uh, a, like a busy mom's group or something like that. You wouldn't use words like jacked or shredded, right? Like that's not going to speak their language. You want to use the languages that they use, whether it's your terminology or not. So they're thinking of words of more of like tone, sculpted, fit, lean. Those are the words that they're using. So you want to use their words. 
I think a lot of times where fitness professionals really miss the mark online is they try to go in and, and, and talk fitness and, and, you know, show how smart they are as trainers and, and use, you know, trainer, trainerize themselves and uh, speak that language when that might make them look good or feel good about themselves or look more intelligent to other fitness professionals, but that's not going to attract your dream client. And so you need to make sure that once you know who you're serving, you're putting out content that attracts them. Awesome. Um, yeah, I can definitely agree with that, especially uh, being on social media. It's very easy to get uh, windled into the likes, right? What people are clicking on, but likes don't always transition to either a client or a patient or in that sense, income or revenue. So that's, that's also very important. So those are very good points. Thank you for that, Sean. Yeah, and I'll um, tell you this because I, I've worked with people from you know brand new. They never even I ha, I'm helping them start an Instagram account to mm -hmm. people that literally have hundreds of thousands of followers. The size of your social media account has absolutely zero to do with the amount of income that you make. Mm -hmm. I know people that have three hundred plus thousand followers on Instagram, and they literally make like a thousand dollars a month online. And then I also know people that have, you know, 1,500 followers and they make $10,000 a month online. So it has mm -hmm. zero to do about the number of following, but it has a hundred percent to, uh, uh, down to the amount of value that you create and the super fan tribe that you have with that following. How do you, how do you know when you're ready to do digital products or go on to the digital space or online programming? Um, is that some, is that something that the person has to, obviously it has to be a commitment to them, but, um, when do they know it's a right time or can anyone at any point, you know, they just got their personal training certification or maybe not even a personal trainer, maybe it's like a, a therapist who wants to do more telehealth stuff. Um, do they build their craft first and then go online? Do they do it simultaneously? Um, yeah. How, how's that? How do you go about that? And that's a, such a great question. So um, I think, in my opinion, you should not do online training until you've done it in person and you've got reps in. Mm -hmm. There's a huge difference between getting yourself fit, getting yourself healthy, and being able to coach and help other people do the exact same thing. So you, if you've never coached a squat before, um, you're just going to do and coach it and use cues that worked for you or made sense to you. You know, if you don't have, you know, 10,000 reps of coaching a squat in with somebody, like I know I've done it for, you know, over 10 years now. I know before somebody does a squat, most common things that they're going to struggle with. So I can go ahead and mm -hmm. be a good coach and I can put them in a position to be successful and I can make sure that I'm queuing them up, setting them up. So that way they're, hey, you know what? This might be bothering your knees for a little bit because probably you have tight ankles. So here's a few things that you can do if you're experiencing that. Like I know what's going to happen before they do. So that way, whenever they're feeling it, you know, they're not freaking out and, and it makes me a better coach. The, the other thing that I'll say is like, I do think that there's importance in creating content and maybe documenting your journey along the way. So you talked about doing it, you know, simultaneously. I mm -hmm. think that it, that's important to always be putting out value to the people that you are trying to serve and reach and documenting your journey because it's not like a, you get a stamp of approval where you take some like online trainer certification or something and, oh, now I'm okay to be able to do it. Like, no, you need to be knowledgeable at your craft of fitness. But I do think that you should be documenting your journey along the way because that way it's just going to continue to make you better because 
posting content is a craft and an art all in itself. Getting comfortable speaking on oh, yeah. video is an art and a craft in and itself. So you need to be practicing those skills while you're practicing your fitness skills as well um, and getting those in-person reps. And then once those things come together and you can actually truly serve people, that's whenever I think you should go online. I don't think that there's necessarily a time frame um, or anything like that. It comes down to whenever you are confident in your craft of fitness and you actually truly have the ability to solve a problem for somebody and be the solution that they're looking for, that's when you should go online. You shouldn't go online just because you think it's going to be like a quick cash grab um, or you just want to be insta-famous or anything like that. You should go online with the intent to serve just like you should be with your in-person business. What are, I mean, now that you've worked with plenty of professionals going into this space, what are... Uh, what are the biggest uh, mistakes that you find um, once they're trying to make this transition first? And then second of all, once they're in it, uh, what are some veteran mistakes that are happening? Yeah. So I would say the initial things that I see mistakes people happening is they are getting inside their own head as far as they're trying to create content for other fitness professionals. And yeah. try to impress their colleagues and stuff with their exercise science knowledge, their you know anatomy knowledge, and everything like that. And they're creating content for other people in the industry and not their target client. And uh, the second thing that they're doing is they are falling to default into they struggle with. It ultimately, comes down to struggling with self worth and knowing how to value themselves and valuing their craft. Because what they'll do is they'll default back into that time for money mindset. So for example, if they were charging, like let's say average price for a PT session across the country is probably around 65, 70 bucks for an hour session. So mm -hmm. what they'll think is, okay, so let's make it easy math, $60 a dollar a minute uh, uh, for an hour long session. They'll think, okay, well, if I get this online client and you know, I'm gonna maybe talk to them you know, uh, 10 minutes uh, every other week on like a one-on-one -on -one call, I'm gonna write them a program that's gonna take, you know, maybe 30 minutes to write a program. And then maybe I'll do some check-ins a couple times a day for a couple of minutes. So, okay. So like I should sell this online custom program for, you know, $80. And that would be really good because that's even more than I get for a session here. And so mm -hmm. they got this mindset of still valuing themselves, not based upon the results that they give, but based upon the amount of hours or time that it's going to take them to do the task. And so they're not able to actually charge what they they're worth. So they kind of fall into the same trap as the in-person business, but now they're just doing it online. So they mm -hmm. just don't know how to value themselves. Um, so struggling, struggling with their marketing and, and not knowing who their target client is and, and not creating content for them, just creating it for other fitness professionals and knowing their worth and being able to charge and command that worth is the two huge mistakes I see people make starting out. Um, then when it comes to, like you said, the veterans, the people that are, um, uh, have been doing this for a while, you know, maybe they're making over, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars a year with their online and, and they're looking to grow and scale it. For them, it, the two things for them is learning what things they should let go and give to team mm -hmm. members and actually start to build a team. Because whenever you go online, like, yes, you can leverage it. But when you really want to truly scale, like these, these guys that are, you know, doing well over a million dollars a year with online fitness, they have teams that work for them. So a lot of the, the people that start out, you know, they're, they're solopreneurs or they're just independent trainers that start doing online stuff. But if you really, truly want to grow and scale it, you have to build a team out. You can't do mm -hmm. this on your own. You got to have people that, that are working and taking tasks that, you know, are maybe not high value tasks for you to accomplish or not something that you specifically have to do. So they don't necessarily know how to 
grow and scale a team and, and how to delegate responsibilities out. And then the second thing I would say that they struggle with is how to continue to add new products and services at the, at the proper time without diluting the market. So one of the things with these people, you know, I, I always work with is creating something that one of my mentors, his name's Russell Brunson, he calls it the value ladder. So being able to send people up your value ladder at multiple price points based upon different offerings, like, right, you have like this dream client, like, let's say your ultimate place to ascend somebody up is like this ultimate VIP one-on-one coaching package where, you know, they get all of your time, maybe they're coming into like in-person events and everything, and it's like this really high ticket price, and then you have this opt-in or this free giveaway at the very bottom of the ladder. Well, somewhere there in the middle is kind of some mid-tier points where it's maybe like a group coaching program, it's courses and things like that. And so where I see the other thing with veterans and stuff trying to scale is knowing when to create those products on, on the value ladder and what order to do things in so you don't dilute your market and in essence kind of take money from yourself by putting things in the wrong order at the wrong time. That's awesome. Thank you for that, Sean. Yeah. Did- I was just thinking about that point you just mentioned in terms of, of course, it takes some time to build your online presence and to build your brand and so on and so forth. So, and you might make some mistakes along the line. And I I assume you need quite a bit of patience to to be able to see the results. But where do you see the difference of exercising more patience and and waiting it out and, and start improving slowly and understanding that you're actually doing something fundamentally wrong you need to change? So that's so that patience versus the need to change. Yeah, it's a great question. So one of the things I always make sure, especially when people are working with me, they understand having an on, this is very important, having an online business and an online fitness training business is not advanced social media. So it's not just doing a, like a better version of an Instagram post and charging for it. You're creating a business and creating a business takes time. There's a lot of steps that go into um, building it up to make it truly successful. I, I tell people it's like an iceberg, right? You see it out in the water and it looks really, really cool and beautiful at the top, but you have no idea how big it really is underneath. Like the people that see some of these people, like I said, they're making hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars a year with their online fitness business. You see the cool, pretty, cute little Instagram posts and stuff like that. You have no idea all the groundwork and the foundation stuff that you can't see until you're in the back end of the business that makes things like that run. So you have to realize, like, do not get into online training to do like a quick cash grab or something like that, because you're going to get really frustrated and you're going to end up failing because you're going into it with the wrong intention. You're doing this to create a business. So whenever you do that, if you have to remember, if this was easy, everybody would be doing it. It's uh, the process I think is simple, but it's not easy. Like I teach everybody a simple three-step framework to growing their, their online uh, fitness business. It's, you know, it's creating a community, it's creating an offer and then building out the system to support it. Um, that part is simple. Putting in the work is not easy. It's going to take time because you're building a business and you have to be able to sustain that. And the, the, the difference from the person that makes, you know, $500 a month, with their online business and somebody that's making, you know, $5,000 a month, making, you know, $15,000 a month in their online business has everything to do with the mindset and the intention that they went into it with. So you have to have that focus and know where you're going to take this thing whenever you get started out. Because if you're doing this as a quick cash grab, you don't realize you're building yourself a business, you're going to get frustrated and you're going to fail. Yeah. I mean, those are 
it's it's very easy, like you mentioned, to look at the person doing really well and be like, oh, I can do that. Um, and have this naive, uh, naive aspect where you go in and try to do something real quick and see if it sells uh, versus a person that sees that, tries to find help like from a coach like yourself, um, and really tries to develop uh, the back end or the systems. What are some of those things um, as far as the back end, like you just mentioned, uh, the below the iceberg uh, that needs to be developed in order to have this great foundation to in order to build on these three steps that you mentioned, the uh, community, the offer, the systems? What are some of the things below the iceberg that needs to be developed? Yeah, that's a great question. There, I, I'll dig into this, but I don't want people to get overwhelmed with this because there is an order that you have to do. Like. Again, yeah. I work with businesses that are brand new, like trainers that are brand new startup, like independent trainers that, and if I made a thousand dollars a month, that would be life changing for them. And they're just trying to make, like use it as a side business. And then I mm -hmm. also work with people that are making millions of dollars a year in just online fitness. And so obviously those systems look a lot different. Um, right. But I would say just for like, you know, the average trainer out there that's, you know, looking to make, you know, $10,000 or so a month with their online training is you got to have at least a few foundational things in order. So the very first thing is making sure that your company is actually a company. Like you need to make sure that you, you have an LLC. Like there's an attorney that um, I work with and that my clients work with who actually specializes in online business law and making sure that you've got all the waivers that you need that you're covered and you're legally protected, that nobody's going to come in and sue you. They're not going to try and take your intellectual property, um, making sure everything's copyrighted and trademarked, like making sure those things are done, like set up a foundation for a business. Like I said, it's not advanced social media. You're doing a business. So treat it like a business um, because the intention and, and mindset that you put into it hundred percent determines the uh, success that you're going to have with it. Um, the second thing is have a legit payment processor. Like if you're having your clients Venmo you money for your online business, like you don't have an online business, man. You got like a hobby that's paying you money. Like there's a, a huge payment processor that, that I use and I always refer people to. It's called Stripe. It's like one of the largest payment processors in the world. Like Uber uses them, like huge backend support and making sure that you have a legit um, payment processor sort of set up. So that way you're keeping everybody's data secure because that's like the next, you know, I guess threat for online businesses is security breaches and data and like the GDPR stuff over in Europe and everything and making sure mm -hmm. that you're protecting your consumers data and you have all that stuff set up. Um, and if this is going over people's head, I'm sorry, like don't let it overwhelm. <laughs> like, like just, just realize that this is that you can do it cheap and free and where it's just like, Hey, yeah, I'm going to write you a PDF and you can Venmo me money or you have a legit business. So it's, it comes down to the, like I said, the intention that you want to have into it. Um, and then the other thing is, you have to consider and think about is the onboarding process and system. So a lot of times what happens very quickly is it's, it's, I'm not trying to like make this sound too simple. It's really easy to get somebody to make like an extra 5,000 to $10,000 a month online pretty quickly. Um, what's not easy is to get them to sustain that for several months, because especially if nobody's put out any type of online offer or anything like that before, there's a lot of low hanging fruit opportunities because they have been creating some form of social media content and stuff. And they've got a, some type of audience. They just need to learn how to best construct an offer and just sell it to those people. Um, but then what quickly happens is they become the blocker for their own business. So they don't have the onboarding system set up to where, you know, what's your process look like when somebody buys your program? Like what's it look like to take them through an intake form if you're writing them custom programs, how is that stuff delivered into them? You have your email automation stuff set up to where as soon as they buy, they get a welcome email from you with next steps of what they should do to fill up their health questionnaire. Like what app service or 
system technology are you using to deliver the uh, deliverables to them? You know, are you doing it through, you know, free like Google Sheets or something like that? Or do you have an app that you use? Do you have a website you use? Do you have a membership site that you're sending them uh, through? Like all of those things need to be set up and it's good to do those um, sooner than later in the business because if not, what you're going to find out is like, man, I can't onboard any new clients this week because um, I've got to create my content for my marketing, but man, I've got to create this onboarding system and, and you become the blocker for your own business to where you can't consistently market and you can't onboard clients fast enough because you don't have the systems built out. Because like I said, it's easy to get them the quick wins. What's difficult to sustain it because then you have to start doing what's called cold traffic marketing. So how do you start attracting people that don't know you? Right? There's a whole sequence and a series of events and systems that you have to do to, to bring people in your world, to warm them up, to get them to know, like, and trust you so they do want to purchase from you and send up that value ladder that I was talking about earlier. Yeah, it's very easy to, like you mentioned, look at the tip of the iceberg and just jump in. But even just the simple uh, steps like you just mentioned, right, getting the legalities put in place, um, getting the all the onboarding or the should, should I say the payment process in place because it's great that you can get people in, but if you don't know how to, you know, provide that uh, or have an opportunity to get their payment options and make that, you know, as, as frictionless as possible. And then the onboarding uh, aspect of it. I think for a lot of people, the first two are kind of a no-brainer. It's the third one that tends to be like, oh, gosh, I'm not a business person. I don't have all these tactics or, or what have you. How do I even set up email automations? Uh, but that's the learning aspect of it. But usually what, what and something that I learned, especially as after uh, building uh, my learning my business is those are things that you build up slowly. And most of the things is you usually just have to build it once. And then you're kind of tweaking and fine tuning it um, depending on how your business model and how you're, you want it to uh, work for you. But um, settling that foundation, kind of like you mentioned, Sean, is is key and can be overwhelming, like you mentioned. Um but I think this step process that kind of like you mentioned and how you help people has it's, it makes it a little bit easier um, and manageable to start to play into and start to um, basically make those decisions to go go this route. So thank you very much, Sean. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, now, when it comes to the online business, um, is there any aspect of it that um, people... How can I reframe this question? Uh, when it comes to an online business, um, we've talked about how to set it up. We talked about um, basically creating your avatar or, or creating uh, the audience or making sure that you understand who the audience is. And then from there, how can we build it um, or what's the step process to start to get into there, into um, building this business? Is there anything else that you tend to talk to um, clients about um, besides what we already mentioned? Um, yeah, a lot. <laughs> so it, it ultimately, like the very first thing you have to do is you have to start with the end in mind. You have to know exactly where you want to take this thing. So what do you want? The first question I ask people is, what do you want your life to look like? Mm. Right? Is there a certain income status that you want? How much time do you actually want to commit to this? Um, is this a side hustle for you or is this, man, I want to go full time with online or no, I want to do some type of fusion model to where maybe they, it's just for in-person clients where I see them one time a week and then the rest of their programs and remotely, like you have to think about all of that stuff and then start building out your business. Like I see those, there's a lot of people that do online training and, and even do online coaching stuff like what I do. And they're like, Oh, well you just got to do high ticket or no, you just got to sell ebooks. Like, no, like 
mm-hmm. that doesn't work. Like, right. That's like saying like a one size fits all fitness program works for all your clients. Like it doesn't, right. Everybody's right. business is different. Everybody's skill set is different. Um, there, there's people that I know and that I've worked with that they should not do online training because they would hate it. They would hate being in front of a computer all day, um, talking to clients on there, but I do believe everybody should have an online presence. So for somebody like that, you know, again, knowing what they want, knowing the end in mind, like for somebody like them, they should probably just create a fitness product where, Hey, you know what? I really don't do online training, but here's a great program that I've created and you can buy that. It's very much of a passive solution for them. Um, and, and that's how they have it set up. Um, but I see people make the mistakes of not knowing, uh, what they want and just hopping in or, or trying to copy what they think other people are doing. And like I said, it's like an iceberg. So you really can't copy their business because you don't know the behind the scenes of, of how it's really set up and, and what it really looks like. And, and they end up getting frustrated and think, oh, online training doesn't work. Like, no, online, tra- <laughs> online training works. Like the largest businesses in the fitness industry are digital tech companies. Like <laughs> online training works. People like digital fitness. Um, what happened was you don't know how to make it work for you. Uh, because you tried to copy somebody else's model or you didn't know what you were doing. You got frustrated. Cause I Mm -hmm. do, I'll be honest. I see a lot of ego obviously in the fitness industry and a lot of people try online training or they're afraid to try online training because of their ego, because they'll, they'll put something out there or they'll be afraid to put something out there because maybe they do have a big social media following, but like, man, what if I put something out there and nobody buys it? Like there's a, there's a lot of fitness professionals that don't want to do something solely because they're afraid of they're going to put something out there and nobody's going to buy it. Or maybe mm-hmm. they did put something out there and like they sold like 10 of them. And mm-hmm. they're like, man, man, I thought I was a better trainer than that. Like, listen, a hundred percent, your self-worth does not, should, should not be determined by a social media following. It should not be determined by the amount of sales that you get and things like that. Like the best trainers don't win online. The best marketers do. So that's where, like I started, that's why I started what I do now is because I was seeing all of these really good, solid quality trainers and fitness professionals get left behind by these influencers that just understand the marketing game. Yeah. So once you understand that stuff, like that's whenever this, this starts becoming so much easier, but you got to know where you want to go before you start going down that road. Or if not, you are going to get frustrated and you're going to get burned out just like you would with your in-person business. Awesome. Thank you, Sean. Yeah, that, that's a very interesting point. I was just about to ask. I mean, you mentioned the very beginning um, to avoid trainer burnout and obviously online and being online and being online a lot potentially brings its own challenges and its own anxiety. Any any specific tips to not just mm-hmm. replace the offline trainer burnout with an online uh, anxiety and so on? Yeah, great question. You have so there's a couple of things. One is you have to change your mindset. Like this is one of the other things. Like when we're start when, when I first start working with clients, like oh man, we're gonna start building this website and we're gonna create these programs. Like nope, we're not gonna do that stuff. We gotta find out where you want to go and make sure your mind's right with this whole thing because we're not gonna take your old bad habits that you did for your in-person business with not valuing yourself, trading your time for money, working crazy hours and burning yourself out. We're gonna fix those things. So then we can build this online business so you don't get burned out. Because I'll tell you this, like, <laughs> I think people think online training is making like one or two Instagram posts a day and the rest of the day you're just like hanging out, not doing anything. Like, no, I work like crazy, <laughs> um, but it's a different type of work. Like now yeah. most of my work is standing at my standing desk, you know, responding to uh, emails, 
do, doing a lot of video content. Um, and so you have to make sure that you really know what you're getting into. Um, and at the same time, it also comes down to, again, starting with the, the end in mind, like, right? Like I'm have a certain financial goal that I'm trying to reach with my business. So I know it's going to take more of my time and, and everything like that. So I'm willing to put that in because I know what the end goal and result is for me. Um, but the other thing, and the, and the second thing that I would tell people to do so they don't get burned out, instead of building your business and trying to fit yourself into it, build the box and then build your business inside of the box. So what I mean by that is like build the box and the framework of what you want your life to be like, and then fit your business inside of that. So like me, for example, part of my box, I don't work on Sundays. I, I tell my clients that like, I'm not going to respond to any emails or text messages on Sundays. So I'll get to it first thing up. I'll, I'll wake up at four 30 in the morning on, on Monday. I'll get it right to you then. But Saturday at about 12 o'clock, I shut down. And so from Saturday at 12 o'clock till Monday morning at about 4 30 AM, if you email me or text message me, like, unless your like, business is on fire, I'm not going to respond back to it. Cause that's the box that I put my business in. Like Sunday is family church day. Like, no excuse. Like there's nothing that I will do to compromise that part because I did have that happen to me in my in-person business to where I was working, you know, seven days a week, always at the gym, getting burned out and exhausted. So don't take the same mistakes that you made with your in-person business and just bring them online to where, cause that's the, that's a huge trap that I see people fall into is because fitness professionals to me are extremely hardworking. They're extremely driven. And so they're used to working seven days a week. And when you're online, not only is it seven days a week, but it's 24 seven. So your business is never closed because you're marketing to people all over the world. So if you don't have that box or those boundaries that you're building your business in, you're going to make the exact same mistakes as your in-person business. And you're going to get burned out online as well. That is very great advice. That's, that's very helpful. I think for a lot of people, um, switching the perspective for a second, just thinking from a, from a client perspective, I mean, you have seen now a lot hundreds, thousands of, of online presences and training programs. So any advice you have for, for clients to, to find the right offer in this, as you said, like large internet, and you can now, being in Miami, you can hire an online coach in, in Australia, for example, if that works from a time zone perspective. But is there anything you specifically would advise from a client's perspective to look out for and what to avoid? Or is it just more trial and error to find what's right for you? No, great question. So from a consumer standpoint, it, it's no different than your in-person client, right? Um, just because somebody looks good at the gym doesn't mean they know how to make you look good and coach you. Um, vice versa, just because somebody has a really big social media following and they've sold a lot or you've heard of a lot of people going through their program doesn't mean that they necessarily even know what they're doing. They got themselves fit and they shared that solution. It doesn't mean it's going to work for you. Um, so as a consumer, you need to ask yourself a couple of things like for one, like what is the goal? What am I looking for? Like, are you looking for a program? Are you wanting somebody just to send you a program? Hey, do this because maybe you are a little bit more advanced in your fitness and you just have a specific goal. Like, Hey, uh, maybe you are using like a, a erg or like a rower machine or something like that. Like, man, I want to get a faster 2k time on that. So I'm going to go buy a, a program for somebody that's experienced in that. And my goal is to help me lower that 2k time on the road. Um, maybe you have a very specific goal. You got medical uh, things that are a little bit more advanced with injuries that you need to work with. Like you should not be buying just a one-off program for that. Like you need to work one-on-one -on -one with a coach, just do it digitally and remotely. 
Um, so knowing exactly from a consumer standpoint what you want um, helps a lot to to find what you should be looking for. And at the same time, like you should be vetting your your coaches. Like if you're investing, you know, like ask for testimonials, ask for referrals. Like you know, make sure that you understand what you're getting because I I think a lot of people do have. There's, there's pros and cons with the online stuff, but a lot of people, especially as far as the consumers, they think online training is like uh, digital versions of like the old school P90X videos, which there's some people that that's what their online training offering is, but it can also be a really cool immersive one-on-one digital experience if it's done right too. So just knowing what you're looking for as a consumer and betting your coach, just like you would in, in person, um, just to make sure that you know, you're staying safe, that you know, we talk a little bit about like data protection, like make sure it's a legit person. Like don't be, you know, Venmoing the, the prince of Nigeria's son's trainer or something like that, like wiring money, like nothing crazy like that. Like make sure like your information secure, your payment stuff secure, that the coach knows what they're doing, um, that you're going to have access to them. And there's clear expectations and guidelines as far as what's going to be delivered. No, oh, awesome. No, that, that, that's definitely helpful. Um, one last question I have, um, any, any trends you currently see in, in the online world, specifically for the fitness and health industry? So if I'm a coach or I have an online presence, anything I should think about what, and start maybe preparing for something? Or is it, yeah, anything specific which stands out to you? Yeah, great question. Um, I would say if you do not have an online or digital presence, you need to do that yesterday. Um, this is like the, the coronavirus, you know, the, the COVID shutdown and everything. It is po put a big, huge hole in a lot of people's business. There's a lot of really good trainers right now that are making zero income because their gym is shut down. Has nothing to do with them not wanting to work. Um, it has everything to do with they don't have a platform to do that work. Um, so if you do not have a digital platform, you do not have an online experience, you're not creating content, you are going to get left behind. Um, and so you need to make sure that you're doing that because a, a lot of people don't do it because of their ego or they don't think that it's a good way to do fitness and stuff like that. Put that stuff aside because that's in your own head, right? You need to realize you're in the service industry. And sometimes the best way to serve your client is to meet them where they're at. So yes, I agree. The best way to do the act of putting somebody through an exercise is to be there one-on-one -on -one with them where you can be tactile, touch them, put them in the right position. But that doesn't mean that that's the best way to serve your client. The best, I, I can't tell you how many times, and I'm sure you guys have all experienced this too, where clients have had to cancel sessions because, oh man, I had this work meeting come up or, you know, one of my kids is mm -hmm. sick. Like, okay, so we weren't serving our client in that moment because we had to take them and fit them into our schedule. So how is that really truly serving? If we have an online digital offering, it makes it to where we can serve our client when fitness is convenient for them. And so that's where, that's one of the, the mindset shifts that I think that a lot of fitness professionals need to see with that. Um, you've got to be doing this online thing or you're going to get left behind. It's going to, yeah, you're going to get left behind. Um, the, the thing as far as like trends right now, like, Man, brother, the industry is changing fast and it's changing even faster online. So with this whole uh, that COVID gym shutdown and everything, the things that I am currently seeing work well right now in fitness and what people and consumers are looking for is more of that live, long form interactive content because they're missing that connection. They're sitting at home right now. Like 
not too many people want to just find a program and follow along a program. They want to tune in live. They want to have like that dual-sided uh, camera action to where, you know, it's kind of like a, a Zoom or these Facebook groups I think are a huge thing people should be leveraging um, or the Facebook rooms, I'm sorry, um, which where it's that dual-sided camera so they can see the trainer, you can interact with them. Um, that is the big trend is how can you take that in-person experience and transfer it online as much as possible to where there is interaction, it's live, um, and it's a more of an immersive experience. Yeah, I mean, Tim, great question. Sean, awesome value. That was, I mean, for those of you listening and the audience listening, um, you should be getting a, full, a notebook full of information here. Um, and even for the consumers, I think uh, Tim asked some great questions that Sean was able to really deliver on some value on figuring out um, how to best find a coach or at least have an idea of where to start when you're trying to look for this online help. So thank you very much for uh, Tim for your questions and Sean for your value and for your uh, answers and everything that you brought on to this episode. So thank you very much so far. No, guys, thanks so much. It's, it's been awesome. Um, so, Sean, if uh, the audience or the listeners want to uh, reach out to you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Yeah, the best way and where I'm the most active is just on Instagram. It's at okay. Sean Garner, so S-E-A-N-G-A-R-N-E-R. -E -E Shoot me a direct message. You're going to get a direct message back, most likely, with a goofy video message from me. I love connecting with people on there. Um, that's the, the best way to connect with me is, is through there. Um, and, or if you're a fitness professional and you're like, man, this Sean guy, I think he might be on to something. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're wanting to, you know, get help with growing and scaling your, your online digital business, you know, go check out the website. It's entrefitcoaching.com and uh, book a time to talk with me and we'll jump into your business a little bit more, do a deep dive, kind of find out what's working, what's not, uh, you know, see how I can help you and, and what the coaching program together would look like. Awesome. And uh, for the listeners, we'll make sure you should be see, be able to see this, uh, the links and the information that Sean just mentioned, how to reach him at the show notes on the bottom. Um and a big question I usually ask uh, guests um, is any books, anything currently that you're reading um, that might be helpful or maybe something that you just enjoy reading currently? Oh, my gosh. I am a big book guy. There's always books that I'm reading. The uh, like the ultimate for, for me, there's been several books that have been huge impact with what I do now and, and which is being more successful with business. One of my absolute favorite books is by Chris Voss, and it's called Never Split the Difference. And it's the art of negotiation and communication from a FBI hostage negotiator. So it's a really wow. great book. It gives you um, practical tips for negotiating in business. And for just honestly, if you realize negotiating is just better communicating, it helps you to better communicate to with people and learn how to ask better questions and be an active listener and, and things like that. But what's really cool about the book is how it's set up. So each chapter starts out like in this story of a hostage negotiation. And so like you're in it and he's like talking about the different scenarios he was going through. And then he starts pulling out business and negotiating tactics through that. Like ultimate, like that's honestly um, one of my favorite books. I always tell everybody to read it because it's cool. It's a good audio book. If you've got that, if you're into that, or if you just read it, like easily, I've read that book at least 10 times in the past two years. And I absolutely love it. Um, and then for like the actual act and art of online business and digital business, I'm a huge fan of Russell Brunson. He's the CEO of uh, ClickFunnels, which they're like a website software design, uh, uh, SaaS company. 
and uh, he's got a trilogy of books called dot-com secrets expert secrets and traffic secrets pretty much shows you how to build you know funnels and lead generating websites how to stand out and look like an expert in whatever coaching field that you are and then how to drive traffic to it through social media podcasts newsletters blogs all that cool stuff but you get into those like that's the the meat and potatoes but yeah the fun the fun good read is never split the difference by chris voss and then like if you're into more of just like the online digital business marketing type of books like stuff by russell brunson's all gold awesome thank you sean um, we have two more parts to the to close this uh, episode. Uh, first one is going to be speed round. Like I mentioned, it's just uh, quick fire questions, uh, giving you minimal time to answer these questions, uh, just to kind of get to know you, Sean, a little bit more. Um, Tim will have some questions. I'll have some questions, and then we'll be uh, firing them. Are you okay there, Sean? You ready for that? Let's go. Let's go. All right. Tim, you want to go first? Sure. Um, Sean, would you rather win the lottery or live twice as long? I'll live twice as long. I'm ve- right. a big believer of business is going well, and I'll make way more than the lottery and, and if I can live double. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, greatest fear, Sean? Failure. Failure. Okay. Yeah. More, more specifically, failure in the eyes of my family. Like financial okay. failure and stuff like that, not really, but like looking like a failure to my wife and kids. So that mm-hmm. looks different for everybody. I think I already know the answer, but I still ask. Would you rather never read another book or never watch another movie? Oh, never watch another movie. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. I'm. Always, I do love love movies, but um, I honestly haven't been to the movie theater, and I, I've seen like a couple of the Avengers movies. I like those, but yeah, I'm always reading a book. <laughs> All right. One thing that you can live without, Sean. That I can. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, that, well, that's a good one. But I can't, that I don't like. You got me there. But I can't live without. <laughs> oh, uh, TV. Yeah, I could give away TV easily. Okay, fair. All right, Tim, one, one last question. Sure. Uh, one of the top three things on your bucket list, if you have one. Ooh, I would like to not just myself, but as a family, I'm a big family guy. I got my wife and we've got three kids. We visit and live at least for two weeks in every continent. Don't know about Antarctica. We might, we might, have to, <laughs> we might that might just be like a day trip because I don't like the cold. But yeah, like that's one of the, the, the things and one of my big whys for having my business be remote and online is being able to travel. So, you know, it, we, right now, obviously, the world's pretty much shut down. But you know, that's that's why I want to do this is because I can work anywhere. I got my laptop and a Wi-Fi connection. I can work. Um, yes. So just being able to travel and seeing the world with my family—that's that's what I want to do. That's very inspiring. How many more continents to go? Um, with the whole family, all of them. Because yeah. <laughs> I want to. I want to. Because first, we just our our youngest son's only four months old, so we got to start right. over. <laughs> <laughs> okay cool thanks fair enough all right so this last part of the podcast is just uh thanks is really what we call it uh, and there's three thank yous we like to give uh the first thank you goes to you sean thank you for taking the time out of your day to jump on this uh podcast and uh, record this episode um i know me and tim have learned a lot already and i can only uh hope that the audience and the listeners uh, have learned a lot from what you have just mentioned and the knowledge that you have 
dropped. So thank you very much, Sean, for jumping on here. No, guys, thank you so much for the opportunity. Like, listen, man, I am a kid. I guess I'm not a kid. I feel like an old man now, but I'm a guy from Tulsa, Oklahoma. It's like a no nowhere place. And, you know, if I was able to do this stuff, figure it out, like anybody can do it. And that's what I want to do is just help more people. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, the second thank you goes to our listeners. Guys, if it wasn't for you guys uh, listening, this uh, podcast would just be noise, really, no, no, with no information going to anyone. So thank you for those who tune in every week um, to these episodes and really find and get the value uh, that we're hoping to share uh, from these great guests. So thank you very much. You could have been listening to anything or been doing anything at this moment, but you chose to watch and sorry, you chose to listen to this episode. So thank you very much. And our last and final thank you goes to our clients, our patients, our students, and those who we get to work with on a daily basis, um, whether online or in person. Thank you very much for seeing the value for what we do. Um, we are very passionate people, like Sean mentioned, especially in this uh, health and, and performance and health and fitness industry. Uh, we work hard to really help uh, other people uh, not only impact themselves, but impact the people around them. So thank you to those who see the value uh, and continuously uh, support um, those trying to make a change and those uh, trying to help others. With that being said, this is Connect and Move Radio. I'm your host, Andy Fortuna, signing out. Hey there, Andy Fortuna here, and I hope you enjoyed that episode. I love the opportunity to connect and share information with passionate people just like you, and would love the opportunity to do the same for others. So please take the time right now to leave a five-star review and help spread the word about this podcast. Thank you so much for your support and see you on the next episode. Hold up.